Henlow and Wecklam to Three Fell Pilots, <laughs> the show where three experienced with no nerds working in the media industry tell how we think they should do their jobs to the professionals. <laughs> Jacob, I just yeah. wanted to say, what, what, why has there been no love for the Indonesian fans the last two Can we mention Taimu? Yes! Yeah, we got a lot of complaints after... Um, well, that episode might not be... It's episode, not out so. yet! <laughs> yeah, it, may, it may not be out yet, but... Uh, the, uh, I let some of our, our, our Royal Indonesian fans hear a, hear a preview, and they weren't happy with the lack of the lack of a mention, so... Um, well... Yeah, I mean, I'm okay because I let them hear the episode, but they hate you now, Jacob, I'm sorry to say. That, that's fine. Anyway, continue. Once again, can we mention Taimu to my wonderful <laughs> Indonesian fans? I am Jacob, and welcome to Three Failed Pilots, the show where me, your host, and two fucking weirdos, and also Glenn, who's not a hey. fucking weirdo, but you know, we, we do things. I am your beautiful man, your beautiful boy, your beautiful friend, and we are going to do this journey together. And 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 Scott's there, and, and Glenn's there too. Glenn, hello. Uh, hello, and... Uh, is What was that? It was some garlic, and then I assume that's what podcast is in garlic. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, like, um, Jacob kind of stole your fucking gimmick there. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. You know, I-, I couldn't say hello to Beckham because Jacob did it, so I had to do something else thinking on my feet. But, aye, um, yeah. Wecklam said it anyway, fuck you. To the podcast. On this podcast, every episode we take some deep dive into a beloved culture, some film, some game, some TV series, whatever it may be. We set some rules for it. We uh, we each give a pitch or a mm-hmm. failed pilot as to how we think the next one should go. We then tell each other if we like it or if we thought it was absolute fucking bin pish. And then we stop recording and go about the rest of our lives. So, Rody, would you like to tell us what we're talking about today, please? Yeah, so today, um, right, so, uh, after the Snyder Cut, some people were positive on it, some people weren't. I fell asleep watching it, because <laughs> I've not finished it yet. Oh, then again, this by the time this is out, uh, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I watched it, and it was definitely one of the films ever made. Oh, do you think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, is it uh, yeah. is is it um one of the films ever made just like Stop or My Mum Will Shoot or is it more of a film ever made like um you know the other one? It's I mean it's a film that was made. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, no, it's, it's definitely one of question. one of the films of all time. Okay. Was it made in a society? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't even say that in it. Like, <laughs> like can, can, we, can we stop basing the Joker in movies off of fucking memes, by the way? Like, they made a whole movie of, like, the guy, where the guy's entire thing was, yeah, I've never read a comic book, but uh, I saw a bunch of memes where the Joker blames society, so I'll make a whole film of it. <laughs> and it won an Oscar. Yeah, don't fucking start me. Anyway, um, <coughs> <laughs> like I, I, I kept the whole podcast me ranting about why I hate that film. Yeah, there will be a small cut in the edit here 
um, to let Roddy talk for a couple of days and then pick back up when he trails off. <laughs> can, can, can we release the Roddy cut? Like, <laughs> Hashtag restore the Roddy bird. It's the full four hours of just me ranting about why Joker was a good, was a good, well-made film, but it's not a Joker movie anyway. Um, yeah, what I talking about? So, uh, in case that wasn't clear yet, we're talking about DC and. Uh, you know what? And not the shoes, as I found out. This is kind of relevant because we're gonna restore the Snyderverse. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna talk about where the where the films go next after, um, after the Snyderverse. Although we're basing it on original Justice League, so I don't think I always have seen. Snyder. Well, then again, it's based on the same anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but we're basically saying, where can they go next? What hero can we focus on next? And it has to. It can't. We can't undo anything that's happened but we can do self-contained stories so you can't and we also made a strict rule that we can't do flashpoint because that's a cheap way out okay um this is the part where someone's like oh yeah i forgot i did flashpoint but hopefully not i, I mean uh, i don't think i did flashpoint but i'm not ruling it out okay Jokes on you! I don't even know what Flashpoint is. Flashpoint <laughs> is when the Flash went back in time and stopped his mother from being killed, uh, and as a result, basically changed all of history. It's fuck like the animated movie is fucking incredible. Um, yeah, it's where do you know the do you know the uh, the Thon meme where he's like, "Remember when you were making up with your first girlfriend?" That comes from that. Like that, it, it, it actually gives like an epic villain speech, and people memed it. Anyway, sorry, Harry, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was just going to say you might hear some frantic scribbling. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> but you can use time travel, just not Flashpoint. Um, <laughs> well. Well, ha- have you done it? Because I can take that bit out and I've just re-recorded in the last couple of minutes. No, no, I-, I haven't. But that's one of the things that I was vaguely aware of that you've told me about before, so it's not based off that. But you'll see what I mean when I get to my pitch, which, which oh, might yeah. be soon. Am I up first? Anyway, Harry, um, you have a pitch, and you said that you've been scribbling away, making changes, so um, I'm going to put you in the spot and make, <laughs> make, 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 make you pitch it now. Yeah, that's great, um, because <laughs> I've been looking for an excuse to improve my improv. So, DC Extended Universe, DC Cinematic Universe, whatever one it's called, um, actually... The Snyderverse! Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, it's Hashtag the, restore the Snyderverse. It's actually something I'm a bit apathetic towards. It's it's not that uh, it's not that I dislike it. It's just that I'm not hugely interested either. Like I've I've seen uh, I went to see the Justice League with you, Rody. You remember that? That was fine. Um, I went to see Wonder Woman as well. It, it was fine. It was cool. Um, but the character I'm basing my next film off of in the DC Snyderverse is one of the ones who I've actually vaguely paid attention to in the past, and that is Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. Because nice. when I was when I was in high school, the Green Arrow series came out, and I watched like the first half of the first season of that and thought, yeah, that was pretty cool. Season one and season two of that are very good. I'll tell you what, I've not finished them. But yeah, that's, Se- uh... second season's very good. Uh, <laughs> cool. It's weird because then it, like, it gets shit, then it becomes good again at the end. Like, so it's like, okay. it's like, good, 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 shake. And then it's, alright. Well, that's good, because uh, mine's is going to level out that curve again, Len. Because mine's is a film, not a series, so it is, it is a film, and it's going to start 
Um, you know, sorry, not long after the events of the recent bullshit that's been happening in the Snyderverse, and I'm not entirely sure what that is, but I'm sure it must be very exhausting. And and so, what do you do when everything that's happening is exhausting and you want to try and capitalise on the success of Marvel films that came out like three or four years ago by this point? You go on holiday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all going on a, on a Marvel holiday. <laughs> <laughs> no DC for a guy called here. Um, so, my film starts with Oliver Queen, who I'm starting to think is somehow related to the Green Arrow, and his best friend, who they might not have even met. But I think they did meet, I just don't think they were best friends. They might even have been sort of frenemies for a while, I'm not sure. Um, he's gone on holiday and he's taken his best pal in this film, Barry Allen. Ah, yes. It's, so so they're, they're going on holiday together to get away from all the bullshit that's been happening that I'm sure has been very tiring, even though I don't know what it is. And, you know, like Spider-Man, they're going on a bit of a tour of Europe. Uh, but unlike Spider-Man, to make it totally different so you can't say it's any like the same, it's actually starting in England rather than ending in England. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, you know, you see them, maybe they're checked into a quaint B&B, maybe they do that thing where they drive on the wrong side of the road and accidentally kill a pedestrian, <laughs> you know. Why would the It's going to be funny, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe they can get chased by a cow, you know, a, you know, a basic, you know, Americans abroad trope. Um and then one of the first places they're actually going to go, and you can guess whose idea this was, they're actually going to go and visit Nottingham Castle. See, well, I so you see, you see them on the tour. Oh, sorry, aye. Um, can, I, can I make one very slight pitch for you? Just because I'll forget by the end. See, instead of them okay. driving the wrong side of the road, could you have the flash running the wrong side of the road and then it's a car? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's funny. That's, that's, that's a nice joke to do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That's better. So, so after, um, after the flash has a night in the in the hospital and he's doing that thing where he gets out and he's you know he's trying to pay for it and they're like oh yeah we don't do that here <laughs> um t- oliver decides that you know sort of to reward him and um, he takes him to nottingham castle even though it's something that he wanted to do and that barry had no interest in so you, you see them on the tour of the yeah. place to get the leaflets and <laughs> you know, they're taking pictures maybe there's a little picture up a little sort of brass carving and a little plaque about the legend of robin hood and Green Arrow goes, oh, that's who does that remind you of? Is that who does that? That's oh, it. Kind of looks like me there, doesn't he? And then they move on, and so you know they go up the top of the tower. There might be a tower. I've not been. Have any of you has been to Nottingham Castle? I think I have. No, but I don't see it. Yeah, well, well then, if it's not got a tower, fuck you, it's got one now. <laughs> and. You know, the sort of the, the past the mannequins dressed up as minstrels, and the sort of music being piped in, and. Something actually catches Barry's eye. There's there's some graffiti carved into the stone in the corner of the room. And it it looks like an arrow and a lightning bolt and a little date carved into it. And Oliver Queen doesn't think much of it. He goes, it's probably just a stonemason's mark, you know, just coincidence. But Barry has a bit of a profound motive. You know, you know what? What if superheroes have been around through all of history? What? What if these great historical figures 
you think of were actually superheroes and not just and he's having that profound moment and then something a wee bit more sinister starts to happen you see it at first before they notice but what you see is all the visitors all the tour guides all their heads snap up at once they all form into single file lines and they all start walking out the room and maybe you see an aerial shot of them all walking out the courtyard and through the front gates in single file and then you notice that two of the mannequins aren't actually mannequins the music isn't being piped in the music's being played by one of the not mannequins so they they tear off their medieval costumes and reveal themselves to be the Pied Piper and the Reverse <laughs> Flash. Oh, nice. Okay. Which which isn't quite Flashpoint, but, you know, it's it's verging on it. <laughs> and so they're like, oh my God, what are you doing? We, we were just here to have a wee holiday to get away from bullshit like this. And they said, well, I, but we are super villains, so it's our job to, you know, yeah. stop plot for some reason. So they start fighting, you know, that the Pied Piper's trying to put we we stupid wee flute and reverse flash is running really quick backwards, which I think is what he does. <laughs> is, is that right? No, he just runs fast, but he's just his costumes to reverse colours. Oh, okay, well, well, in... I mean, I don't know much in, about her sound. Uh, this film, he's going to run backwards. Fair um, but, the, but the Flash and the Green Arrow start to get the upper hand because Green Arrow has his pocket bow with him. <laughs> okay. that, that he just unfolds and shoots wee tiny arrows at folk. Just... I think he does have like a bow that folds up. Yeah, he can just like, take it out. And yeah, he, he doesn't exactly. I don't know how he got it through airport security. Maybe he's got a guy in England. But, but uh, I mean, you're, you're really thinking... He's a billionaire, mate. He can do what he wants. Exactly. You've, got, <laughs> you've nailed it. Any plot points in this film, A, a wizard did it. B, he paid for it. Yeah. Uh, so they start to get the upper hand until the reverse flash realises, he goes, okay, okay, I'm going to need to take out one of these two guys. And because he, he wants the pleasure of just doing the flash in again and again and again, it seems to be his whole thing, aye? Yep. The, the, the other thing that I will mention, because you probably didn't know this, Harry, that's worth mentioning, okay. is in some canons, Eobard Thorn reverse flash is actually a descendant of Barry Allen's. So he can't kill him. He can only make his life miserable. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, going so to come you into You can tie that into it as well. I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe, yeah. Uh, again, if, if there's anything that doesn't make sense, we can explain it with a, a prequel TV series or something. So, he, he singles out the Green Arrow, and he goes, right, I need to get rid of him. So he runs really quickly backwards into him, and he takes him, not just out of the room, but out of the time. He takes him back to the past. Etc. Before just abandoning them in the past and then coming back to the present. So, so Shabby wasn't running forward because you could have called it, but forward oh, to the past. Oh, that would be someone, someone should, yeah, someone should pitch that in the next episode. Aye. Sorry, anyway. Um, and, and, and so he's like killed for a little bit, but the camera stays with him while the reverse flash disappears. Eventually he wakes up. 
and he's just in the middle of the woods. He's just in the middle of the woods. Like, there's nothing around him. He's like, man, I've been fucked to the middle of the woods. This is pish. But this particular Oliver Queen knows how to survive on his own. You know, that's 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 how he became the Green Arrow in the series, wasn't it? He was stuck in a desert island and he had to shoot things or something. That doesn't survive, yeah. Yeah. We and you slash purgatory is what it's called. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so this guy knows how to build a shelter and get a fire going. So that's what he does. Mm-hmm. He decides he'll leave it till the morning to go exploring. And so you see him, he, he wakes up and it's actually quite peaceful. He kind of enjoys the, the peace for a moment before the peace is interrupted by a gang of men who are also somewhat merry. <laughs> and this, this is when the singing starts. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so this is going to be an absolutely absurd number, right? This is going to be amazing. And to get, the, they're going to like be doing backflips over each other and shooting arrows <laughs> off each other's oh, heads God. while they're doing it. And they're going to be singing about the men that are merry and, and things like that. And, and to do it, what I want is we're going to have to train real archers to dance and real dancers to arch. And, <laughs> and so this is going to be like a it's going to be like a five minute number. It's going to be truly incredible. And then at the end when they all do their you know they they do their pose and shake their jazz hands and go, Yeah uh, Oliver Queen just kills them all immediately. Because he hates musicals. And instead, and, and instead, uh, grips up with and starts to follow another group of men who are somewhat more solemn and grumpy. Instead, okay, okay. So you know, it, it, it follows them. Um, one of them's called Monk Boiler, maybe. Um, one of them can be called Wee John. Yeah. <laughs> things like things like that. You know, uh, totally random. Totally random original names for these characters. And basically, it just follows them into the town of Nottingham. That's where they are going. And it's at this point he does kind of stop to go, hold on, you are all dressed very silly. And they look at him and say, well, I think you'll find you actually dressed. And he points a bow and arrow at them and says, who's dressed silly? And they go, we, it says, we are, ve- we are very silly people. <laughs> and so this is when he realises what's happening. And he goes, hold on. He goes, hold on, not where am I, but when am I? Ooh, when, when am I? And they, they tell him that he's in the early 13th century. And he's like, oh, fuck. How, how am I going to get to this? I can't, I can't phone Barry Allen because he's not been born yet. And I've, I've not got a signal. He, he goes, it's, it's a very difficult situation to shoot myself out of, which is what he usually does, I think. So he decides he's just going to stick with um, with the, the the solemn and somewhat grumpy dudes rather than the merry men. He follows him into the town of Nottingham itself where, as you can imagine, in the early 13th century in the town of Nottingham, being a guy with a bow and a green hood is actually going to get you into a wee bit of trouble. So he's immediately spotted at the town gates immediately clamped in irons and dragged away to the jails at Nottingham Castle. He's like, oh, fuck it. I'm in the past. I'm in the jail. I've had my bow taken off me. This is the worst holiday I've been on since I tried to sail around the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice like that. 
Yep, yep, there it is. Yep, it's a callback. It's a callback. Uh, I'll turn the page for a second. Thank you for sticking with me through all that trial. But unlike unlike uh, me with my with my little trial there, Oliver Queen doesn't get a trial. He's just thrown in jail because he's got a bow and arrow and he's got a green hood. So he must be this this bastard that the town guards are upset with. That's what you think anyway. Because while he's in jail, he realizes that none of these prison escape films have been made yet. The tropes about escaping from jail don't exist. So, so see, he starts he starts to curl up on the ground. He's holding his stomach, going, "Oh, I'm so unwell. Oh God, I wish somebody would come and see if I was all right." And then one of the guards comes to the door and asks if he's all right. Then you know, immediately, you know, he pulls his arm through the bar and kills him. You know, smacks his head off the wall or something. Takes the keys and unlocks it. Puts him in the jail instead. Locks it up. Takes his dagger and some money off him because that might be useful, you know. And he starts to sneak around the inner dungeons of Nottingham Castle. This is where he encounters some of the rest of the guards. And they're just sitting, you know, they were playing cards. Uh, maybe a lot. I don't know what they did in the early 13th century for fun, talking about God and church. That's what they do, right? I'm pretty sure that's what they did. But one of them actually changed the subject. He goes, hold up, we talk about God all the time and it's not even Sunday. Let's talk about the sheriff's great big dirty conspiracy. Because this is where it's revealed, this is where it's revealed that Oliver Queen here was arrested for being the guy in the green hood with a bow and arrow. Who obviously, you're thinking he was mistaken for Robin Hood. Yes. But it turns out there is no Robin Hood. Robin Hood was made up by the Sheriff of Nottingham so that people had someone else to blame when his guards turned up and robbed them to take the money back to the Sheriff of Nottingham to use to put on a musical about how great he is. Oh my fucking God. I know they're like, oh my god, peasants are so gullible, they'll believe anything. Someone says, I thought it would be the middle upper classes they'd be robbing, why are the peasants so good? And they'd say, eh, we can explain it in another series or something, a wizard did it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter, they go, okay, fair enough. So hearing this, he thinks, oh my god, this is... I've been mistaken for, for Robin Hood, my, my, my idol, my whole... The whole, whole reason I exist as a DC <laughs> character, and he's not even real. <laughs> And this is what this is what really spurs him. This is what really motivates him. He goes out. I need to get a message to the future, and then he remembers. A little bit of graffiti in the top floor with a date on it. It was him. It was him that puts it there. He needs to get up there and put it there, so that the Flash can come back and save him. This is what he needs to do. So this is you're going to have just uh, the most amazing, over the top, swashbuckling sequence. You know, he'll be like, he'll be swinging on the chandeliers and kicking people in the back of the head and he's going to have to use a sword rather than a bow and arrow for a wee bit. Um, maybe a barrow is going to come rolling through and he'll like, you know, walk backwards on it, <laughs> fencing people. 
And the Sheriff of Nottingham's not going to like this because maybe he's got pals over. You know, this is just really embarrassing. No one's ever escaped from a jail before. Um, like, like especially not with this audacity. But eventually, in the fight, he gets him shooting people. He's getting people through the eye and getting through other bits of you that probably hurt when you get shot in them. And he fights his way up to the top floor of the castle and he busts his way in and he's, he realises that the tower... He wants to put the graffiti in, hasn't been built yet. Oh. It's not there. It's like, oh, it takes a long time to build a castle, and castles are added to over centuries and centuries of them being there. And the bit he needs isn't actually there. So after a, after a brief duel, after a brief fight with the sheriff, he actually just kind of gets overwhelmed and arrested again. And gets put back in jail, and <laughs> because now he's he's known for using old timey jail escape tropes, they make a little book every time he tries to escape. They go, okay, let's not. We can't do that one. No one go and see if he's okay. No one do this. No one. <laughs> okay. He invents all of these tropes. It's him. This is where they were first recorded <laughs> in history. Nice. And as his punishment, he's not just kept in jail because that would be that'd be far too fine a punishment for someone who shows such insolence as this. So by day, he's actually made to work as an apprentice stonemason. And by night, he's a chorus member oh. in the musical about how great the Sheriff of Nottingham is. Which actually has a very successful run for about 19 years. It's the only, it's the only play on for like 19 years. It's uh, but if you want any entertainment, you have to go and see this musical. So everyone goes every night. And he has to sing and dance and shoot arrows off of people's heads like he's a performing monkey. And and he really doesn't like it. But what he realises is that not only is he going to have to be the one who puts that graffiti there at the top of the tower, he's going to have to be the one that builds the tower. So that's what he does. When they start building the tower, he's there every day. You see him cutting stone and lifting stone and pushing stone and pulling stone until the tower's built. And the relief in his face when he finally carves in the little bow and arrow, the little lightning bolt and the current date into that final piece of stone. Now we're going to get a cut back to the modern day again. This is where you see Barry, the Flash, trying to fight the revenge. And um, the, the other guy, um, the, the Flute McGee. What, the Pied Piper, of course he's called the Pied Piper. What else should it be called? Fucking Flute McGee, the Pied Piper, whatever his name is. Obviously it's two on one now, so they're getting the best of the Flash. And somebody gives him a good, massive right hook to the jaw. And he falls, and he turns and he sees the graffiti again. And it all unfolds in front of him, he knows what he has to do, so he gets up, he runs dead quick. Runs so quick, he goes into the past, picks up the green arrow, comes back into modern days, and then just kicks fuck out of the toilet. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, the, the credits can go. And there's an, there's an end credit scene as well, if you want to hear that. Um, I mean... It is important because it's going to set up where the flash goes next because obviously having spent like 19 years in a jail doing indentured hard labour and dancing with no health care, you know, it didn't leave him 
fucked, but he's he's not as fit as he was. He's got a few injuries that he was never able to heal properly. So in order to find a new Green Arrow, you see him in the end credit scene setting up an archery school, and this is where he meets uh, Artemis Croc, and then she's going to be the she's going to be the next um, shite Hawkeye. <laughs> Better hockey, but okay. Well, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet, please. And be like, um, I like it. Do you? It's silly and it's nonsense. Aye. <laughs> it reminds me of Shazam in a lot of ways. <laughs> the silly bollocks. But I would, I would watch that and be like, that was fun. Um. There's things I would change about it, but I think that's just because of your knowledge of DC. <laughs> like, I think if I was there being like, oh, well, here's a yeah, bit you I, can I, do I, I might um, need a consultant in the writing room. Yeah. But, I, I, really? I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you, like do you think movies, it fits mate. with the Snyderverse as a whole? Does it fit the vibe? It doesn't fit with the Snyderverse, <laughs> but I like... It's, it was like... <sighs> It was daft enough that it's fine. Okay, cool. Hello. Hi, Jacob. Yeah. You, you've been quiet. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason why I've been quiet is because I don't know who Oliver Quinn is. Hey, the, the Green Arrow, mate. Queen. I Shite don't know Hawkeye. who the Green Arrow is. Shite Hawkeye. I don't know who the Pied Piper oh, okay. is. Well, there you go. I don't know who the reverse... I do? I don't know who the reverse Flash is. You think I do? It's very clear that I don't. I, I know none I of these things. Up names. I'm going to greenlight it because it sounds like a fun <laughs> film that I could watch without any knowledge because I have no clue what any of this is. You are speaking a different language. But I'm greenlighting okay. it because it's fun and it, it reminded me a bit of Shrek. And with that, guys, we're out of time, so thanks for watching this episode of Three Pilots. And going from one person, going from one person who has no knowledge... I want to go next to someone else who has even less knowledge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Say the best for last <laughs> So I'm going to preface this by saying... You I... know, my, my idea will get approximately three minutes of time then. Cheers, guys. Go ahead. Don't mention it. <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying I haven't watched the Snyderverse. <laughs> I, I haven't watched Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, I, I, I watched parts of Aquaman. I haven't seen Justice League. I haven't seen... Is there a Flash movie? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Shazam. I know nothing about this subject. So, okay. I've decided where this series will go next, however. Okay. Picture this. Metropolis is where Superman lives. That's heard lot. Yes. And Batman is DC as well. Right. Yes. The Joker has encased our favourite heroes in their only weakness. Super- I would have Superman. Let me finish. The Joker. I'm out. I'll Go change ahead. it to Lex Luthor then. Lex Luthor has encased our superheroes. Yeah, I don't want to see the same Lex Luthor again. I'm out. No, Go ahead. <laughs> um, Steppenwolf <laughs> has encased our superheroes. A big bad guy has encased okay. our superheroes in their only weakness. Superman is locked in a cocoon of kryptonite. Batman is locked in a room of dead parents. <laughs> Wonder Woman is trapped in a room of... Uh, I don't know. What's Wonder Woman's weakness? Of, of her weakness. Of dead boys from World War One. Our, our actual weakness is prayed. <coughs> yes, that. 
Our actual weakness is pride because basically the way Batman and Tower of Babel got her to like found her weakness. She didn't have one, but her weakness is that she never gives up. So he basically gave her an opponent, which was herself. It was just a shadow, um, in a way. But she saw it as cheater, one of her enemies, and she would never stop fighting despite the fact that this opponent will never disappear. All right. Okay then. Superman is trapped in a cocoon of kryptonite. Batman is trapped in a room of dead parents. Wonder <laughs> Woman is trapped in a room of pride and shadows and shit. Aquaman is in the desert in sand because there's no aqua there. And the Flash has been kneecapped by a shotgun. <laughs> Who can save the day and also okay. save our heroes? Oh, fuck. I, I believe there is only one hero who is arguably the most powerful DC hero in the world who can defeat anything and anyone thrown at him. And I'm going to make that person played by Charlie Day. Because there is only one hero who can save the day, and that is... Oh. Matter Eater Lad. I knew that's what you were going to say. How did you know I was going to say Matter Eater Lad? Oh, I swear to God, as soon as you said they were trapped, and then you went, yeah, it's the most powerful. I was like, yeah, it's Matter Eater Lad. You said you said we wouldn't have heard of this character. Matter Eater Lad is a member of the Legion of Superheroes. I don't know who the Legion of Superheroes are. So. <laughs> well, this picture's going to be interesting. So, it's kind of relevant to his entire backstory. Matter Eater Lad, for anyone who doesn't know, and I found out on his Wikipedia, he is a... Pl- Should I tell them to prove that I know who he is? No, it's fine. I believe you. He is from the planet of Bismol, named after Pepto-Bismol, because his power... Is his name? He can he can fucking eat anything. Literally, he eats yep. with superhuman speed and strength. He can li- yep. he can fucking kill. He can eat and kill Superman. He is that powerful. He can eat Superman. Nom nom nom. He can, but okay. On his Wikipedia, it says he can eat Superman. Because mm-hmm. that's accurate. Anyway, go ahead. Well, well, I mean, the Wikipedia says so. Leave it. If it said it on the internet, it must be true. And so. The only one who can save our heroes is Matter Eater Lad, because he can eat through the room of dead parents and pride and kryptonite and sand to save our heroes. But will he? Matter Eater Lad is embroiled in a hot dog eating contest <laughs> on the moon, where Elon Musk is watching and judging. He's got oh. some other guys who are eating hot dogs with him, and Matter Eater Lad keeps winning and winning and winning. He hears about what's going on on Earth, but he doesn't want to eat kryptonite because kryptonite doesn't taste nice, and hot dogs are yeah, much better. Probably. And the the entire movie is a conversation between him and Elon Musk, Jesus. and they're going, you know, should I go down and save Superman? And Elon Musk is like, yeah, but I've got cars up here. And then he goes onto the news and like. The Joker is there and he's painting dicks on Superman's head or whatever. And um, he's like, but the hot dogs taste nice. And then Wonder Woman is trapped in a room of pride. And I don't know, something kinky's happening with her whip. But Matter Eater Lad is like, but they've just ordered pizza, man. Come on. Um, Aquaman is drying out like a fish. And uh, Matter Eater Man is eating fish. So it's, 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 it's that kind of moral quandary. Should he give up his life of pride and prosperity and beauty to go save the world? Or should he just eat pizza? That, that's, that's my film. Fuck it. Right. Can I go first? How did I not? 
how did I not have the worst pitch today? <laughs> yeah, Harry, Harry, can I go first, right? Yeah. Because you know what, right? See, although Harry clearly had gaps in his knowledge, I feel like he actually did some work and looked into it. I looked into here, it. Right? I really do. Um, and my headset's coming out, so give me just a second. You've made him so this. angry like he's straight across the room. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm not. Like, I thought it was funny. But anyway, sorry, right. I'll take what I was again. Right, so, see although Harry's pitch was fucking stupid, right? That was a fun family movie that I would watch and be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yes. And I felt like he actually did some research into it and was like, well, he was inspired by, you know, Robin Hood and here's his story. And he looked into it enough to be like, all right, this is what... And even the wee bit about Reverse Flash, he knew that Reverse Flash's thing is yes, a sociopath I, and he wants to just fuck I up Flash's that. life. Yeah. So he'd even come up with reasons for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. You, you mentioned it. So I feel like the difference between yours and Harry's is his is a fun family movie, but it was yours just ha ha. Funny man eat things. No, Jacob. Charlie not okay. I'm out. Funny man played by Charlie Day eat things. Charlie's also way too old to play Matt Eater lad. He's a fucking teenager. So I, but <laughs> maybe, maybe in in the in the end credit sequence to your film. You see him eat. That makes him age quicker. Yeah. Yeah, and then he turns into Charlie Day. So he's not Charlie Day during the film, then. Okay. No, he will be um fuck one of, one of the kids from Stranger Things. Nah, you can't. You can't go back. Yeah, just Charlie, Charlie Day's already signed the contract, um, mate. But yeah, no, I'm I'm out. <laughs> you you don't tell me what to do. I'm time traveling. Yeah, silly. Yeah, so no, mate, like ha- Harry's was silly bollocks. That's like I it probably won't be an amazing film, but I would get some laughs out of it. Yours is silly bollocks that I would just go, eh? <laughs> like, like they're not comparable. They're not even comparable because he. I feel like he at least was like, all right, I'll do a bit of research, and he and he did something unique. With yours was literally just haha, funny man, the man do chomp. Which I'm all for because Matt Eater Lad is a funny character. I know, yeah, I'm glad you're embracing that, but okay. it's not a good movie. Uh, Harry, go ahead. It's, um, I mean, well, that, that's the thing, you know, like, I've, I've uh, revealed that, you know, the, the, the DC cinematic hang uh, isn't what I, what I most of my time thinking about. But I mean, this, this just sounds too outrageous. Not not to watch in a way like see if this came out, and Rodi you phone you went to see it on opening night and phoned me and said this is what happens in this film I'd be like fuck, I need to go and see that. Yeah. But, but I've I've got I've got I've got two things I've got two things one of them is uh, a minor plot hole. Go on. So uh, Aquaman's stuck in the desert. Yeah. Which I don't think is a bigger hindrance. As, as you think it might be because as we know about Aquaman he's going to play Duncan Idaho in the Dune film and it was it was made in the desert so, so, so clearly so clearly he, clearly he can be in the desert yeah no no he can be in the desert but he's trapped in a sand room he can't get out of and because he is Aquaman he can't use aqua powers to get out of the sand room that he can't get out of because there is no, because there's, <laughs> so he's trapped in the sand room that he can't get out of, and there's no aqua there, so he can't aqua power his way out. 
Okay. Do, do you know what I hate about this the most though? It's the fact that you were like, oh, I need a villain. Joker! And that was an instant turn off for me straight away. <laughs> well, then I'll change so it I to Lex Luthor. Yeah, no, then you're like, I'll just change it to another villain that I know. But as Harry was at least, yeah, Pied Piper and Reverse Flash. Don't get me wrong, I do think that the Reverse Flash is like the best DC villain. Um and deserves better, but you know. <laughs> I'm sorry if I only know two major DC villains. But I said it. Okay. I have, yeah. yeah. I do have a follow up on, on that point, though, and then I have the other point I was going to make originally. So, so my, my second point is so he's stuck in this sandy room that like, he can't use his aqua powers for. Mm-hmm. Surely, surely the first time he needs a fish, he'll be able to just break out. Yeah, but he's dehydrated. Oh, right, okay, now that makes sense, yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's fair enough. That, that is fair enough. My other honest. point, which, like Cody, I have a make or break point. <laughs> Who plays Elon Musk? Mark Zuckerberg. That's fine, I mean, because if Elon Musk was going to play himself, a black man... No, 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 Elon Musk, pl- Elon Musk is in the film playing Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, uh, oh uh, that complicates things. Why? Because I just think that would give him such an ego trip that he doesn't actually... No, 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 because Mark Zuckerberg in this movie is a nicer and better person and more loved than Elon Musk. So Elon Musk... No, 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 Elon Musk is playing a character. I'm talking about Elon Musk. Yeah, but no, Elon Musk, he's going to be acting as Mark Zuckerberg, and Mark Zuckerberg as as a character in this film is going to be nicer and more loved and a much better person than Elon Musk. So Elon yeah, Musk is but, watching Mark Zuckerberg uh, play Elon Musk as a dick dick and um, Elon Musk's character Mark Zuckerberg is a lot nicer than Elon Musk. That's, uh, yeah, that is, that's, that, that's, that's Roddy's hand, yeah. man, that's not cool. Um, but, but it's and just, Daniel Radcliffe uh, will uh, be there. <laughs> um, I just, like... Uh, you know, I, I, I used to think... Elon Musk was like, you know, a super cool dude. You know, I, I mean, I was never quite one of these, one of these Twitter bros who thought he was the the savior of the universe. And if I was, I wasn't for very long. Yeah. But like, he's he's had such a rapid decline over the past yeah. few years, hasn't he? Like, yeah, see, know, see after the like, after uh, the, the electric submarine rescue. Like, he's 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 just hit the fucking floor. And I, I don't know. I think the last thing he needs is to be in a film. All right, then Mark Zuckerberg will be played by Tom from My MySpace. Can we just stop letting Jacob do this, right? Because this is what he does. He gives, like, a bare-bones pitch, and then, like, when we criticise it, he just changes it. Can we stop letting him do this, right? We need to start being harsher on him, because he's getting away You with say that, now. but the right. last few times you've red-voted me is because you said I'm being really harsh on you. <laughs> So, so you you yeah, apologise for being to be too harsh on me, and then you start getting other people to be harsh on me. It makes it. I think it's just because I didn't vote for your pitch in the first episode, and this is the grudge you've had on me since then. I'm no, sorry, just, Howard the Duck was better than your idea. You do this every week now. You just change. You just change everything. I had his pitch in the first episode. Was good to be fair, um, but. Yeah, you do this every week now. We get to start every it week. Two weeks. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I only do it on the weeks where yeah, I'm not exactly. so sure with the source material. <laughs> anyway, 
let me let me make my my, my decision quickly. Um, if if this <laughs> film came out, I would I would go and see it. I would go and see this film quicker than any other DC film or TV series or game or fucking poster review. I would be at this. But but I, I don't I don't think I could put my own money into it. You know what I mean? But you'd still watch it. I would, and that's that's what I'm struggling with. But like, I mean, I'm all for the resurrection of MySpace, Tom. That would be cool. And like, like we've established, Charlie Day's already on board, so we've got Star Factor, you know. But I, I mean, what what you've created, Jacob, is truly something that's wonderful. It's it's truly. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's just it's such a, an open look into how you work as a person. Thank you. And not to mention, Matter Eater Lad is arguably the most powerful superhero in all of DC. Mm, well, he can eat Superman, Roddy. He can eat Superman! Can he catch Superman to eat him? Yeah, he's, to. He's, Superman's he's, in the kryptonite he's, cocoon. He's basically... Yeah, so in a very specific situation, it could be no, Superman. No, no, sorry, Superman... This is, the, this is the Batman versus Superman argument again. Superman like, is yeah. in a kryptonite cocoon. Matter eater, lad. We'll eat him. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, this is the Batman can beat Superman when he has very specific circumstances. Therefore, he's better. Argument again. We can have this discussion off stream, but anyway. Eh, off here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Harry, so you're in then. Uh, I, I kind of dislike myself for it, but I fuck Yay! it. Like, and, and I know, like, like, you know, like you say, Roddy, maybe we need to, to to be harsher on Jacob for these things, but we can start doing that next episode. No, I'm doing. I mean, I, I'm always <laughs> harshing them. It's just not. It's just you, aren't. But okay, well then. Um. For all the DC fans listening, uh, first of all, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm gonna save this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not, I am not, I'm sorry. not sorry. I'm the opposite. Because, because I don't think he exists. Because because I will point out, people who think Marvel is better than DC are wrong. Okay, basically they've just seen a few movies and they're like, oh yeah, it's infinitely better. But DC is better in every field apart from movies because that's the one side where they fall apart. And even then, they're better animated movies. So. I'm going to tell you how good DC storytelling can be, right? And I've got I've actually got a pitch that I'm really proud of, okay? So, there's a Green Lanterns movie coming. But there's also a Green Lanterns TV series coming to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So, I'm assuming one's going to have to circumvent the other. And at first you would think, oh, well, the, the, the TV series will just lead into the movie and it'll be like... It'll, the TV series with extra content, but I'm like... But Hal Jordan, the main Green Lantern, has been cast in the TV series. That's got to be the main focus. All right. So I was thinking, well, I'll make something that takes... Because it's Green Lanterns, not Lantern. I'll make something that takes a couple of the other Earth Lanterns and some non-human Lanterns. Ooh! And do something that's really interesting. Wow. Uh... Are we going into the lantern verse? No, no, not quite. Well, keep in mind that basically to explain the lantern code has thousands of members in each basically sector of space, so there's oh. no end of them already. Basically, 
what I think Green Lantern should be for DC is it should be just a big sci-fi trope fest in a good way, right? Great. And I think the TV series will do that really well with Hal Jordan and it will tell a more serious story. Uh, that will tell a more kind of like proper comic book story. So I thought what I'll use the movie for then is a chance to tell another Green Lantern story that's it's self-contained but you can come back to it and have tie-ins later on but you don't need to have watched the series or watched anything else to appreciate it. That's what I thought. And I thought, if the series is going to be just comic book goodness, I'm going to make something that's... It is a sci-fi trope, but it's going to tie from the darker side of sci-fi. So, essentially, what I'm pitching is almost a mix of Alien and Predator, which sounds like it doesn't it shouldn't make sense and it should make right. a bad crossover movie. But when you hear it, okay. you might actually like it. So basically, it's going to focus on. It's going to start off with this new, t- like, Kilowog, who's this kind of like almost kind of kind of looks like a pig, kind of looks like a warthog type creature. Who's he's the drill sergeant of the the lanterns. He's the trainer, um, and he's going to have with him, and he'll be voiced by Henry Rollins because Henry Rollins oh, is voiced yes. a lot, and he's always done a good job. And I also gets Harry in my side. <laughs> um, and he's basically introducing the recruits. He's like. He's like, um, the recruits I want you to meet, uh, we've got a special guest today. Uh, esteemed Lantern, one of the greatest Lanterns from Earth, as he looks at this Earth Lantern that's within the trainees, so we'll get to in a second. John Stewart, played by Idris Elba. And John Stewart, what he is, is he was like, he was an architect on Earth, and he was also a military sergeant, so he's got that kind of background as well. Um... And him being an architect's relevant as well when we get to the other lanterns. Because you you see all the constructs they make from their light are uh, different depending on their personalities. So John obviously makes more structures. Kilowog's nice. thing is he just makes hammers. Um But within the, the this group of lanterns, there's a very young human lantern. Younger than he probably is in the comics. Uh, and I'm probably gonna butcher this name and I'm so sorry, but it is the guy that plays Miguel in, in Cobra Kai. It's uh, oh, Shono nice. Maradona, I believe his name is. He's going to be playing Kyle Rayner, who, he was an odd lantern, because most of them are obviously people that are heroic, because they can use the power of will to overcome yeah. great fear. Whereas Kyle's got, like, kind of got anxiety, and he's quite a reserved person, and quite, quite, like, he's got real self-esteem issues as well. Um, and, and, like, the thing is, like, but, he, but he's got, like, He's kind of like almost their version of Peter Parker because he's got like this really hot red head model girlfriend who like boosts his confidence and tells him that he can achieve anything he believes in. Oh. Does does she get her own film? Or... No, we don't even see her in this. But that's just me giving you a bit of background on it. Um, maybe you see him having a phone call because this is all going to be set in space and you'll see why soon. Okay. Um, but oh, you I can, like space. Then they can I tell you that, and you see that he's struggling with like the military drills. Um, and that he's struggling to make constructs because he doesn't have that willpower apparently and the, the thing about the Green Lanterns is the ring chooses who's going to be the next wielder and Kilowog's just like you know he's, he's a good kid but I just can't understand why he was picked all and John's kind of looking at him like you know I mean nah I think I see why um, also important that for Kyle is he's, an, he's a comic book artist so all his constructs okay. will be He'll make constructs of, like, other heroes. So he'll create, like, a big Superman out of light and stuff like that. 
or he'll, he'll create like his own batterings out of light. Um, and he'll have like these that big kind of creatures that he creates. Yeah, so that's his thing. Um, for some of the other uh, ones that will be there, you'll have Isamak Colt, um, who is basically a Velociraptor. He comes from a planet of... He comes from Than- Thanagar, which is the home of Hawkman, but there's also... Instead of just hot people there, there's also wizard people. Um, well, dinosaur people. So he's a he's a he's a Velociraptor that walks on two legs. Um, voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Great. Yep. Uh, there'll also be Chip, who is just a squirrel. Just a squirrel with green rattling. That's, he's my favourite. Yep. Uh, probably some other ones like Tomar Ray, but they're all kind of in the background. We're going to focus on the main three, but they'll all be there. Basically, this starts off with they go, look, we're in this abandoned sector, we're going to just do a simple training drill. And as I said, you see Kyle Stubb really struggling compared to the others. Uh, but as they're making their way through, they start to see, like, they actually get a distress call from something in the sector, and they're like, wait, no. There was a calamity in this sector, and there's no life here. What the fuck? Okay. And they're like, ah, it's probably it's probably just an old ship that's, you know, went out of commission, but it's just went off after so long. We'll go check, and it'll be fine. We'll take the recruits with us, right? So we've got Kilwell, we've got John Stewart, two experienced lanterns, and all these new lanterns minus one all seem to have a lot of potential. We'll be fine. And they go there, and as they're going through it, they start to see like like. What looks similar to their light, but in orange. Okay. And they see there's some kind of like, and there's like clearly what, almost like projections, but it's like straight up like body horror. There's like, oh, they see themselves being like beheaded and have like losing limbs and stuff. And it's quite freaky. Is this an Event Horizon crossover? Because, <laughs> yes. No. Um, you, we'll get there. You'll see. And then one of them just gets killed off, like, uh, not Chip, because he's my favourite. One oh, of the expendable ones dies. Yeah, Chip's my favourite, so we can't kill him. Uh, and we start to just see these horrifying orange images, and it kind of goes on. And then eventually they're like, right, let's fucking try and figure out what this is. Because this, thing, this thing's way too similar to us, and we've never seen anything like this. Okay. And eventually they see this kind of weird-looking, almost lizard-like creature, but not quite. It's got like kind of spikes coming out of it, and it's kind of quite strange. Yeah. And it talks very... I should also point out the, green, the, the ring has like an actual translator as well. And it speaks in a very odd tone, and it kind of goes... It kind of sees the, their ship that they've came, and it goes, Mine! Mine, mine! <laughs> ship mine! Everything mine! And it goes, and it goes, uh, Me find rings! Rings mine! And they're like, and you see it picking up with the lantern rings, and they see that he's got this creature has its own ring in one of its fingers, but it's orange instead of green. And they're all like, "What the fuck is that? How is there another power ring out there? We should have the only ones." It's actually a power ring of greed. Right. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, it's powered totally by greed, so there's only one because only <laughs> yeah, one that makes greedy. Sense. and because that one person's so greedy. It's more powerful than all the other rings. But that's not really relevant. Yeah, so they're seeing this and it's like, and he goes, mine, mine. And then, like, he tries to, like, and this creature tries to, like, take the ship, but just basically blows it up. And they're like, well, fuck, um, we don't have enough power in our rings to get out of here, so we're going to have to try and find somewhere making a distress call. 
and they're like, look, our lantern batteries, our lanterns, which are basically the batteries for the rings, were on that ship, and that's just been blown up. We've no way of recharging our rings. We're going to have to take our rings off and do this guerrilla warfare. And John takes the lead having, like, fought in Vietnam and stuff, and is like, we're going to have to do this guerrilla warfare style. Just use them when we have to, essentially. So everybody powered down. Maybe not take them off, per se, but that was just an expression. Powered them down. But here's the other caveat to that. They don't have the universal translator. So none of them can understand each other now. Apart from the two humans. Oh, fuck. Aye, because they don't have the universal translators, because they all speak their own alien languages. And I'd say because Kellogg spent so much time among humans, he can kind of communicate with them, like, basic kind of broken English. Um, I, and that's how, the, and this thing sees them and starts chasing them and hunting them down. And it's so much stronger than them. And we go through all that and they're like, right, we need to bring this thing in because we've never seen anything like this before. And our bosses need to know about this so that we can find out what it is and find out how the fuck this game thing came to be. And eventually, you know, the, the he, this being, which is called Lafleeze, will, like, eventually you hear it call itself a fleas and it's like it starts tearing them apart no. and eventually there's only the three left so sadly Chip does die I'm sorry oh. to say oh no um, not Chip yeah he's a squirrel he's dead also he's a mock cult who is you know a voice an active voice burning sort trigger who I thought everyone would like um, he there's only the three left only Kellerwog John and Kyle and that's because they found that they've kind of been able to communicate and be like Kellerwog's kind of like uh, me uh, uh. Uh, maybe he just used the few words he knows, but that's enough. And it's just about survival. And eventually they find like this old ship, and they're like, right, we can restore this, but we need to get power back online, so this thing's coming, we're going to have to fight it off before then. Um, and the way that they do that is they use the ship to their advantage, and as I said, it's guerrilla warfare style. Like This thing's just like a maniacal killer. It doesn't have any concept of like strategy, so John's like, here's what we're going to do. Kyle... No offence, but you're not as strong as us. Just hide. And they're going to start like just blasting them and then disappearing and making constructs and try to confuse them. And they basically confuse them with, like, John maybe makes, like, a staircase that isn't actually there. So he goes to walk up it and he just falls flat in his face and then they start blasting him. Um, but Kyle starts to figure shit out. And he, he's like, you know what? And then he, he's in his sketchbook and you see this, like, comic book he's writing. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make a fucking scarier monster than that. And he starts creating, like, his own creations. And he starts, like, creating his own Superman. And he's like, you know what? I don't need to be a fucking military guy. I can do this. Um, and just feel, like, feel like, st- like st- eventually this thing's got fucking John and Kellogg cornered. And Kyle was like, you know what? I can't just fucking let them die and just be saved. That's not what it is. And in that moment, he shows such amazing willpower that he has that fucking all-powerful moment. He managed to blast this guy away. And they take him down and arrest him. And, as I say, they used all the guerrilla tactics to wear him down and Kyle managed to finish him off. Uh, And they know that they can't can't defeat him, but it's enough that they can take the ring off him and disarm him, so he's he's powerless. And then they go back, take this thing away... uh, the lantern's coming. The lantern's coming. Well, the lantern's coming. Rescue them from the distress call. Take him away, and that's basically where it ends. It's just one self-contained movie, all about this survival mission. Aye. Um, and there's elements of horror there, and then it be- then after the kind of horror elements, it becomes like Predator, where they're having to hide in like the wilderness and hide in this ship and try and get away from them. 
They have to just take their opportunities because yeah. they don't yeah. have much power left in the rings. Right. And that's all I want to see. <laughs> and the only other thing I'll say yeah. is in the post-credits scene that will tie it back into the TV series, you see a red-skinned alien played by... I'm drawing a blank. What's the name of the guy that played... Uh, what's the name of the guy that's in everything now? That was in uh, Mandalorian. No, no, the villain. Werner Herzog? No, he was also in The Boys. Oh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. You see a red-skinned alien played by him. And again, one on the uniform, going into the prison, and then he kind of just steps down and he kind of goes, so how did you create this ring? And he turns all the cameras off as he does it. And that sets up an extra as the villain in the series next. Just for a little bit of a moment. Just for a bit of, like, going back into it, but... And that'll get people to invest in the HBO Max series as well, without you having to have seen this. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, that's... Like, I, I, I think it's... Uh, if you're listening to this, you've probably gathered that I don't know much about DC, but that's something that's having not known anything about. I really want to see now. That that actually just sounds really cool. Like especially that reveal with Giancarlo Esposito at the end, because like you say, he's well, in everything, and he's in everything because he's quite good at it. You know, <laughs> Google Sinestro. It literally looks just like him, by the way. Oh, nice. The cat always just like him. Quickly Google it and then while Jacob talks and, and then tell me. Okay, yeah, Jacob, you can go for a wee bit. So, where's the cat? The cat's a red lantern that's not a green lantern. Yeah, but where is the cat? It's not in this because the red lanterns are going to be in the TV series because they're a bigger villain than that. Why is I considered the... using the red lanterns, but I wanted to just have one horrifying creature yeah, but that made more. Why is the cat not in the series? Because it's a red lantern. The red lanterns aren't the villains. It'll be in the TV series. Yeah, but... But he's the cat. He's 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 the cat. Yeah, but you've got a squirrel instead, and you've got a talking velociraptor. Yeah, but the cat is the best character. Yeah, the the, the cat will be in. The cat's a bigger character than this. It deserves more the cat, than just being a throwaway villain. The, the cat's the best character. Yeah, and that's why he's going to get more than just being a throwaway villain. I don't know Green Lantern. Yeah, okay, the cat. The cat's name is Dexter. He's a red lantern. He's a cat. And he would have a bigger role than just being a throwaway monster villain, okay? Than this. That's why, the, Jacob, that's why he's not in this, because we're, we're f- preparing him for a bigger role. But Sinestro's in it. Yeah, he's only in the post credit scene, though. Why not have <laughs> Sinestro and the cat? Because the cat and Sinestro aren't connected. Isn't Sinestro a red thing? No, Sinestro's a yellow lantern. <laughs> but the cat... <laughs> Okay, Jacob, I feel like we're, I feel like we're going around in circles now. I've explained why the cat's not in it, okay? But there will be in it eventually. Okay. You get a squirrel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you, you should turn your nose up at that. Because, I like... mean, I'm, 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 I'm going to have to green light it because it's a good idea, but I, I just want it known to everyone that, you know, it, it would have been so much better with the cat. I mean... One idea that I did actually have, and this doesn't even just bring it up, is I did think that when like Kyle is like calling his girlfriend back home, um, you will see a cat nah, inside, Roddy, and you, you, you deal it will become Dexter. Roddy, um, you, 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 I don't want to see the cat origin story. I don't want to see his origin story. That's sad. I just want to see the cat as the cat. I don't want to see. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. Oh, I never thought about that. The cat's um, origin story is awful. 
when you know the cat's origin story is built, it is fucking brutal. It does actually fit though because like she gets fridged. Um, that's mm-hmm. where the term comes from, is because she gets killed and like stuffed in a fridge. Have you ever heard of the term fridging? Yeah. Um, which if you don't know what fridging is, it's when like it's the trope of the heroes, um, the male heroes, uh, significant other getting killed to advance the story, um, and it comes from that because. A character kills her and like stuffs her in a fridge for the villain for the hero to find. Anyway, uh, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm green lighting it. It's good. I like it. I like Alien. <laughs> yeah. I like Predator, but I, I prefer the cat. That's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's going that high. I absolutely did not think of that. I just thought it was in advance. And it wouldn't make sense. Um, but no, I mean that. That does sound like something that would, yeah. that would get me interested, um, especially the, you know, the space isolation stuff. Like I like sci-fi, and I mean, I turn into a bit of a shite bag when yep. when scary stuff comes on. But that's the kind of thing, you know, it'd be quite tense, and I'd be like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then it might happen, and it might know, and you'd be like, oh my god, that was tense. Um, but there's only one thing I have an issue with, and that's that John Stewart didn't fight in Vietnam. Yeah. No, uh, John Stewart was a, a Presbyterian minister who published and revised a Gaelic Bible in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than one John Stewart. See, to be fair, see, given the time period, I'd probably, I'd probably have to like retcon it to be, given his age, I'd probably have to retcon it to be like Afghanistan or something anyway. Like, But uh, it was Vietnam originally in the comics, do you know what I mean? But yeah. you'll, you'll have to Grandpa Simpson him. Yeah, basically, because, you know... Just with the time period, but what war he fought in is not as important as the fact that he is a veteran, you know what I mean? Aye, okay, fair enough. Um, can Idris Elba speak Gaelic? Do you know? I mean, I'm sure if you asked him, he would, he would put in the effort to learn. Would, yeah, we could probably just get him a, a language <laughs> coach and he could do some intense learning. <laughs> aye, having Kyle can't but, communicate because he can only speak Gaelic, now he can't speak aye, English. Yeah, <laughs> aye, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I and uh, everyone on Sky will be watching going, I don't see what the problem is myself. Um, I know that that sounds really good. And so because you've, A, came up with something, B, actually put the effort in, and C, I can't allow that not to lose after this absolute farce <laughs> of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am absolutely in. That sounds really cool, man. I'm green lighting that. Also, does I'm, I'm, does Jim Carrey West Benito? What's I'm giving the green light under your green light. Aye, but does Jim Carrey West Benito? What's an extra? Yeah. Aye, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> um. Aye, but now we're at an impasse because oh, me and Harry are tied, I, so Jacob I, yeah, has to decide. Like, I I can't believe I get two today. So Jacob, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to force your hand nah, into anything. Fun. But just think about the ramifications this is going to have before you make your decision. <laughs> now, the green light's going to go to Glenn, and I'm going to tell you what. What? <laughs> Jacob! Because Scott didn't put the cat in. <laughs> and that's the only reason. <laughs> Purely for petty, angry Jacob. reasons. See, to be fair, like... <laughs> <laughs> see to be fair right see if Jacob can just make changes I could directly just turn around and go oh yeah the cat I mean the cat appears in a random scene 
and you just see him pawn at his owner, and we'll come back to that later on the TV series. See, if you'd have said that, that, if you'd have said that, you would have placated me. But I'm not going to, because I believe it, because it would be unnecessary and I have integrity. Well, there you go, and your integrity means you lost. Oh my it's fine. I mean, even Harry's basically admitting that I should have won, so it's all good. I'll take it. Okay. I've got the moral yeah, victory here. I'm not even have mad. The moral victory, but the, the recorded victory goes to Green Arrow, Prince of Tights. <laughs> um, and as the, uh, as the holder of the moral victory, Rodi, would you like to go ahead with the moral plugs? Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Fuck. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash parsath with an underscore at the end. Uh, me and Harry. Never forget the yeah, underscore. Never forget the underscore. Uh, which I've been doing. I've been posting links and forgetting about it and then having to go back and edit them. But anyway, um, me and ha- me, Harry and our friend Shug, we do a, a stream of Total Extreme Warfare every third Sunday of the month. Uh, and we basically make fantasy wrestling cards and it's basically what we do here but with wrestling um i play a lot of jrpgs a lot of kind of like weeb games if you're into old school games if you're into that come and watch uh and also we have community games on the first friday of every month come get stuck in get involved with that uh you can that's twitch.tv slash parsath with an underscore at the end and you can also catch me on facebook at just it's just parsath uh, I've also got a Discord, but you'll find that on the Twitch. Uh, we'll let Glenn, we'll let Glenn go last as the, the proper winner. So, <laughs> Jacob, do you want to go next? Yes, I am in a band. We are called Enquire Within. At the time of recording, we have just released our latest single, Get Out. Hopefully, by the time you beautiful people hear this, especially you guys in Indonesia, Kami Mission Taimu. Um, uh, Jacob, you've already lost them, right? Stop trying, stop trying to try kiss an ass, right? <laughs> Please forgive me, Indonesia. We love you. I don't know. They're a very loyal bunch. They've been very good to us. Yeah. Indeed. But our latest music video should be out for you to enjoy. You'll, you can find it on HRH TV, and you can find our new single on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Amazon Music, Bandcamp, wherever you find good music. Inquire within are there at the back behind the till. Um, you know, you have to ask, and it's top shelf stuff, yeah. you know. And finally, Harry slash Glenn slash Big Belly Bumscud slash Xander Brody slash Harrison Starchild. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not explaining all of these. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I wonder why I can't just um, go by my name throughout my life. That would just be far too unreasonable to ask. But I, uh, a bit like Jacob, I'm also a musician. A musician. A musician. Uh, I also I, I also do a slight of hand card tricks. No, I don't. I play bass. I'm a musician. I play bass in a band uh, called Or Not. That's A W N A W. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter. Uh, tw- we're, we're not really on the Twitter actually, but we're on the Spotify and the YouTube. Uh, so go check us out there if you want. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for listening to it. Even though you probably are a bit of a lunatic if you made it this far. Thank you for that, especially. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to it on one of those things where you can do so, then rate it or like it or subscribe to it. And check out the Three Field Pilots Facebook page. Come and tell Jacob hey. uh, how severely disappointed you are that, that this episode <laughs> happened. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> I get screwed more than Bret Hart. Bye. We need the kitty for any Green Lantern thing. That that's just the law. Bruh. <laughs>